chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Begin reading at verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which, sake, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, Barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all, and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. And be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done 
and there is no respect of persons. So far we read from the, from the Holy Scriptures. And the text we consider this morning consists of verses 23 and 24. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Dearly beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, the text we consider this morning is actually a text in a section that's written to servants or slaves. And that there have been many, there have been those that have been God's people that have been in a position of actually being a slave. And they're addressed in a number of different places in the scriptures. And they are exhorted that they are to be submissive to those in a position of authority over them, to their masters. We apply this often to today to the, the subject of being submissive to those in, who are, for whom we work and apply it to the employer-employee relationship. And how in our labor... We are constantly to remember that we are serving the Lord. And you see how important how this applied to somebody in a position of a slave. Perhaps they were in a they were they had a master that really didn't treat them all that well. And considering the fact that they're in that position and they've got a master that doesn't treat them all that well, they may not be so inclined to work. And they have their mind on who it is that their master is according to the flesh. And well, they're not all that interested in, in doing the work. And this text says that we are that the servant is to work as one who is conscious of the fact that he's serving the Lord. That that's the one that he's working to. He's working to the Lord. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord. And that second word that's translated do, there's actually two words here that are translated do. The first word often is translated as do, and whatsoever ye do. But the second word is a word that's often translated work. And whatsoever ye do, work heartily. As to the Lord, and not unto men. And then it's brought out again in the end of the next verse. You're serving, and remember that you are serving the Lord Christ who redeemed you, who owns you. You are his property. You're not your own. You belong to Christ. Well, the servant was to keep that in mind as they went and did their work each day. That even though they had a master that they could see, 
They were conscious of the fact that they, had, they were really serving Christ. Whether their master, according to the flesh, treated them well or not, it was still the case in either situation that they were serving the Lord Christ. And they did so in the consciousness of the fact that from the Lord they'd received the reward of the inheritance. Where if it works at it from the viewpoint of a slave serving his master, and well, what does he receive from his master? Well, one slave may have received more than another slave. But it may not have amounted all that much. And this passage is saying, have your mind on, remember what you received from your Lord, the Lord Christ. What ye shall receive, the reward of the inheritance. And that's a gift. You will inherit eternal life. You will inherit the kingdom. To be diligent in the work, knowing that, who you're serving, and what he gives us now, and what he will give us. Now that applies, of course, not just to servants, not just to slaves, not just to employees. But to all of us, in the situation that we are in, we are serving Christ. Whether we're in a position of authority or whether we're not, we all have those in, that are in authority over us. Even if we are in a position of authority, we have those in authority over us. The minister, the elders, the deacons have those in authority over them. And we are constantly to be laboring diligently, heartily, as to the Lord. Knowing that of the Lord we will receive the inheritance. Now, applying that also to the subject of a new year. In the subject of a new year, we often think about how God makes all things new. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Well, this text speaks of that. That we, we will receive the reward of the inheritance. So that as we go through the year, our mind is on God making all things new. And that we will receive the inheritance. And we go forward in this year believing God's promise. We see how it applies to New Year's Day from that point of view. And also from the viewpoint that we begin a new year, as we then going forward, what are we going to do? And that we say that we are going to be diligent in the work, working heartily as to the Lord. We delight to serve our Redeemer, as we just sang. We just sang that moments ago. We said, he has redeemed me from the grave, and in his service, I delight. One delighting to serve him, in his service, I delight. He's redeemed me from the grave. I belong to him. In his service, I delight. So we sang as we begin this new year, and we see how text speaks to us 
on that subject. So we consider this passage under the theme, Working Heartily as to the Lord. We consider, first of all, called to work, secondly, to whom we work, and thirdly, what he promises. From the beginning, man has been called to work. He's had work to do. It was the case you know, before the fall that God told Adam what he was to do and what he was not to do. Now, after man fell into sin, then he was in bondage. And he was a slave to sin. And when we are, when this subject is about serving the Lord, ye serve the Lord Christ, it is important for us to remember that man by nature serves sin, serves Satan. He's a slave. He's in bondage. Man by nature is selfish. And when he works, he does so from a selfish motivation. He may say, I'm going to be diligent to do whatever this year. But he does so from a self-centered motivation on what he wants to accomplish. What his dreams are. He's got his own goals. He's not serving Christ. He's got his own goals of what he wants to accomplish. And he sets out to to do that and he's going to with determination he's going to accomplish his goals but he's self-centered people are lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God never does what God says unbelieving man never does what God tells him to do he may outwardly, there may be times when he outwardly appears to do something that, he, that one is to do, but he will never do something from the heart to the, Lord, to the glory of God. Tries to get out of work often, or to try to get somebody else to do his work. When he labors, he labors with selfish motivations. Self-centered is the natural man. Now, God has freed us. That we are serving Christ means that Christ has liberated us and set us free from spiritual bondage to do good works. Now, what is a good work? A good, good work is done according to what God tells us to do. When we say a good work is, has to proceed from faith, done according to the law of God, well, you look at that last one, I mean that second one, Done according to God's law, that means to do what God tells us to do. That we're serving Christ has the idea that we do something because God tells us to do it. That we hear what our Lord says and we want to do what he tells us. A good work 
is a work that's done according to what our Lord has told us to do. And we're to be constantly working. Jesus spoke about his father working, and the son is working. He sees what the father does. And we are to be working. God has given us specific tasks. We have specific tasks that our Lord has given to us. And those tasks may change as time goes on. There may be tasks that aren't the easiest to do, that we don't look forward to doing. We find we have difficulty, you know, we get, because of the, the difficulty of it, we may find that we look at that and we don't really want to do some of the work. And yet, if the Lord has called us to do it, we're to do that work cheerfully. We see how that applies to different areas. In the home, we have work to do in the home. And there are difficulties that are going to be involved in that work. Think of after man fell into sin, then he was told now he was going to labor in the sweat of his face. There are going to be difficulties that we're going to face in the whole. If we have children, there are going to be difficulties that we face in the rearing of our children, and not only when they're very young, but as they get older. And we have a calling as parents, not only when they're younger, but also when they're older. Now that changes somewhat as to what, when they're out of the home, and they're on their own, yet still as their parents, we have a certain calling with regard to them. Even though it's not the case that they're children and are at our home and are to obey us like they were before. And there may be difficulties with regard to that work. There may be difficulties related to sin, yet we're to do that work, not complaining, we're to do that work diligently. We're to do that work knowing that this is the work that God has given us to do. There's work that we have to do at school. At certain time in our life, we're at school. Actually, that, there can be a variety of times when we have schoolwork to do. Sometimes when we're older, we're studying in a school. It's typical of us when we're children that we go to school. And sometimes in adult, as an adulthood, also we're going to a school. And we're to be diligent in the work to which our, we're called to do. And there may be difficulties with that work, and may, there may be required of us things that we wonder, why are we required to do that? And yet we're to be diligent in that work, and to labor faithfully, thank, conscious of the fact that God has told us, our Lord has told us what we're to do. There's work in the workplace. 
that we're to engage in, and that certainly applies. The passage we read of here certainly applies to that, what we're supposed to do in the workplace. And if we agree to work for an employer, and if that employer gives us work to do, then there is work that we're to be engaged in, even as we have agreed to do the work. There's also work that, that falls to us from the viewpoint of us as members of the Church of Jesus Christ. It's our duty to use our gifts for the advantage and salvation of the other members. That is our duty. And somebody says, well, I don't really want to do that. It's our duty to use our gifts for the advantage of the other members of the body of Christ. We've got work to do in the church. The special office bearers have work to do. That was laid out in the, the form that we read. And there may be difficulties with regard to that work. It's like there can be difficulties in the work at the home or in the school or in the workplace or difficulties with regard to the work of a servant who may not be treated very well. So in the special offices, it may be times when a special office bear is not really treated very well. And yet, God has given us the work to do. And we are his servants. And though we do not know what difficulties we'll face, we know that God has given us work to do and we are to labor as those who are working to him. He's the one that has called us to the task, and we're to go about the task with our mind on the fact that we are laboring to him. That we're to work heartily as to the Lord. Now, literally, that word heartily Heartily, which has the idea of you know, doing something with zeal, doing it diligently. Literally, that word is out of soul. Do it out of, out of soul. Out of soul. Be working. Not just what's happening with your body, but what's going on inwardly. Soul. Out of soul be working. Where a person with their body could be doing something and that their mind is not really on it, they're not really doing it willingly, they're not really doing it with zeal and diligently. We're to do what we do heartily. Out of a desire to do what's to the glory of our God. Out of love for him. And remember, a good work is one that proceeds from faith, is done according to God's law and to his glory. We love him and desire to glorify his name. To live to the one who has purchased us and set us free. 
Now that, it's one thing to, it's one thing to say this, and it's, but it's important that in our daily life, we have our mind on this. And when we do, that manifests itself in how we deal with difficulties. Who are we serving? When somebody only looks at the people that are in authority over them and what they're telling them to do, and they're upset with it. Maybe children are upset with the fact that their parents are telling them to do something that they don't want to do. That happens all the time. Child is told to do something. Child doesn't want to do that. Thinks that the parents shouldn't be insisting on it, but the parents insist upon it. So they do it, but they're grumbling and they're upset about it. And they don't think they should have to do it? Well, such a child is not thinking of the fact that it is the Lord who is directing them through their parents. To consider it this way, what would you do if you could see Christ with the eye of the body and he told you to do something? So you saw him. You see him, you're looking at him, you hear him speaking to you, and he tells you what to do. And you know Christ is the one that told you to do it. Well, then how would you do it? Conscious of that fact. That's the way we are to be doing our work. And not only conscious he's telling us to do it, but desiring to do it to his glory. We love it. That the one who is telling us to do it, he's, he loves us. He cares for us. He knows us. The one that is telling us what to do it's good for us to do what he's telling us to do. And we're to be conscious of that when as a child we're told something to do or in the church of Jesus Christ when there's work that falls to us that we're conscious of the Lord's direction. we know that he's the one that has given us the work to do. There will be difficulties in the work of the church. There have been of late and will continue to be. It's always the case that there are going to be difficulties in the providence of God that the churches deal with. It wasn't the case that in the past there were not. There will be difficulties that we face in the work of the church. And that's not just the office bearers. It's not just the elders. It's not just the deacons. It's not just the elders either. It's the deacons too that can have some difficult work at times. There can be difficult work in the office of deacon where it's not so easy to know exactly what to do. And 
all of us have work to do in the church. And we all have to deal with one another who are sinners. We're to help and serve one another when others sin against us. Sometimes others treat us badly. And when others treat us badly, he says, well, I'm not going to have anything to do with the people because this person treats me that way or that this person treats me that way. I'm not going to have anything to do with them. And then our mind is on other people and what they may or may not have done. And we're not, our mind is not on who we serve. We're to labor heartily as to the Lord and not to men. The Lord who loves us, who redeemed us, who laid down his life for us. He's the one we serve. And if he has called us to use our gifts for the advantage of the others in the body, then we're conscious of that calling and we are to do it with joy. Diligently. Faithfully. So that can apply to us in, in all the different aspects, different relationships in life. Whatever our calling, whatever our situation may be at the present time, that we are serving the Lord. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily. Work out of soul as to the Lord and not unto men. Desiring to do what is pleasing to God. Not as men pleasers, for selfish reasons. The previous version, verse said, don't do it with eye service, only when people are watching. Then your mind is just on humans that are watching you. But to do it to the Lord and not unto men. Not to make a decision and do something out of fear of what men will say. And that clearly is a danger in what we teach, what we do, what we confess, that we look at what other people say, in the work of the church, in the discipline of the church, that we consider what people say, where the question is, what does God call us to do? What does he call us to preach? What does he call us to teach? What does he call us to confess? Because we're all called to confess Christ before men. And we may be inclined not to do that, fearing what men may say. We serve the Lord Christ. And we're not to fear men. And the one whom we serve is not a respecter of persons. There's no respect of persons, verse 25 says. The one we're serving does not respect persons. That is, he doesn't look on the outward appearance and status of a person. He looks on the heart. And the one who, the godly servant that may be viewed as being on the bottom from the world's status, 
view of status, who's a godly servant serving Christ. He's doing what's pleasing to his Lord. And our Lord, whom we serve, who has redeemed us, has promised us the inheritance. How often do, how often do servants receive an inheritance from their rich master in earthly affairs? I wonder how, long, how often do you think it happened that a slave received an inheritance if his rich master died? We receive an inheritance. We serve our Lord, and our Lord did die for us. Inheritance, for us to receive the inheritance, the testator had to die. He died for us, that we might receive the inheritance. It's willed to us. The idea that it's an inheritance is the idea that it's willed to us. It comes to all those to whom it's willed. It's another way you can see the idea that God desires to save only some people. Who receives the inheritance? The ones to whom it is willed. Everyone to whom it is willed receives the inheritance. Why did he will it to us? Did we deserve it? No. Unconditionally chosen. The gift. It's reserved in heaven for you. First Peter 1 verse 4 speaks of an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. For you. There's an inheritance that is reserved in heaven for you. It doesn't fade away. We labor in that consciousness. It specifically says in the text... We're to be laboring as to the Lord, not to men, knowing knowing that of the Lord we shall receive the reward of the inheritance. And there are books, there are passages that speak of it. Inheriting the kingdom, inheriting everlasting life, we speak of inheriting perfect salvation which I have not seen nor ear heard, we will inherit. And we're to be diligent in our work knowing that. Thankful for what the Lord has called us to do. Conscious also of what he gives to us now. If he calls us to do a task, He'll give us the grace to do it. 
sometimes we can worry. Sometimes we can find ourselves worrying. Lord willing, we'll talk about that this afternoon. Sometimes we can find ourselves worrying. We go forward into a task. There are difficulties. And we wonder, how is it all going to go? And we don't know. God doesn't tell us the specifics of what's going to happen. But key is remembering we serve the Lord Christ, and if he calls us to a work, he will grant us the grace that we need. He's not going to call us to a task and not give us the grace when we ask for it. When we ask for grace, it's not that he's not going to give it to us. If we ask for wisdom, it's not that he's not going to give it to us. We have to, we are called to look to him and to pray with confidence. Lord, give me wisdom. Amen. And to pray that with confidence, it shall certainly be. Lord, give me courage. Lord, give me humility. That we're to do our work in the consciousness of our complete dependence upon God. And in certain situations, we're more quickly, maybe more conscious of that. When really it's always the case, we're completely dependent upon Him. There's nothing we need that we can provide for ourselves. We're to look for the Lord, to the Lord, knowing that He, that He who from whom we shall receive the inheritance, he'll give us the strength we need now, too. He'll give us grace. What we need is grace. What we need is his spirit. And Jesus has said, will he not give the spirit to those who ask him? So we're to labor, and to labor diligently in the consciousness in this new year that the Lord will be with us. We have a certain time in this life where we go through this life and the struggles that we face in this life. It is the will of God that this be the time period where there are struggles, there's suffering. But we know what we shall receive. And we know what he's giving us now. And in the consciousness of that, in the consciousness of the fact that the Lord will make all things new and that we'll dwell together and that we won't sin and that we'll be with all the saints. We'll be with the saints that have already gone on to glory. We'll be with them again. We will see them again. We'll be with Christ our Lord. See him face to face. We will see him face to face. We talked about if you saw Christ, well, we will. Now, the eye of faith, then face to face. God said to Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. 
Fear not. May we go forward in confidence and with joy and be diligent in the work, working heartily as to the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. O oh Lord, our God and our Father, we are thankful, O oh Lord, for thy grace. We are so thankful that we are servants of the living God, that we've been set free from bondage to serve thee. And may we labor as those who labor in thy service, as those who delight to do what thou dost call us to do. Grant us that grace, we pray, and forgive our sins for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen.